Audio Frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield Dynamo and average actor. Chris Toll. Target man. Suspicious character. And... Welcome to Football Daft, the daftest Scottish football podcast around. My name's Stephen Purden, aka Shell Bob, and let's welcome your starting lineup. First, let's welcome a man who went to Forbes this week to buy a suit for a wedding he's not going to. So, I it was a bit of a redneck um, because obviously, I did wrestling daft with Rav Flaunce, and you know, at the start of the year, he says, Keep this date free, that's where I'm getting married. I was like, Tidy man, that'll be a good wedding to go to. But obviously, the Covid thing happened and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he got kind of quiet about it. But then he said, look, I'm going to have my wedding. It's in my back door. And I thought, well, I'll never be, I'll never be invited to that. I'm not, I'm not that close. I mean, we're close kind of thing, but I'm no, you know, for my thought he's going to have in his backyard. And anyway. It's not, it's not like me and you. Aye, it's not like me and you. And to an extent, Toll. No, John. To an extent, to an extent <laughs> away you go. I wouldn't let like you in my back door, you fucking arsehole. <laughs> so anyway, at the start of the week, because he's no mentioned about me getting invited to his back door. At the start of the week, he sent me an invitation to his wedding, right? And I thought, tidy. I was like, ah, I get in there, but I'm like, ah, I better get something to wear. I'm like, ah, to Stephanie, because you better get a frock. You're invited to Ralph Lance's wedding. She's like, Who, who'll be there? I says, yeah, Greg Hempels will be your still games, all that. She's like, oh, brilliant. So she's trying to look, she's locking my frock and all that, and I'm kind of trying to get myself a suit because fucking nothing fits me. And uh, I'm a, I was driving to the radio the next day, and I, and I was, and I, when I got in there, I says, look, I'll talk about how I'm invited to this wedding on Saturday. And just as I looked at the invitation, right, it was an invitation on WhatsApp, I looked at it back, and I thought, you're a fucking idiot. It says, you are invited to the live stream <laughs> wedding <laughs> of, of Rab Collins, right? And the best thing is, I'm going to Rab when he sent me, I've no obviously looked at it, right? I'm going like that to Rab, brilliant, mate, see you Saturday, can't wait, going to be a cracking day. <laughs> He's probably sitting there going, what the fuck, he's not, he's not invited. So, I've got, so I'll be all dulled up watching this live stream on Saturday. <laughs> I, know, I know he's your mate and all that, right? Are you, are you going to watch it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's welcome a man who has owned a pub in nearly every street in Scotland and has a big brother story to tell us. We'll get to that later. It's Chris Toll. Alright, Chris, what's happening? Uh, <laughs> I can't I can't help it. Listen, it just so happens that the two streets that were mentioned happened to have pubs at my bar and on them. So it's funny too, right? Because we did bam me up about that, right? Because obviously folk come on and see a street and somehow you've ended up oh I owned a pub in that street, right? But you know it's funny or not, but I've noticed in this podcast, we obviously get Kevin Harper on the day. But that's another connection to Albion Ovals. It feels like every week you're like that. Uh, I don't know if you'll know this, but uh I grew up in Coatbridge, and uh, I used to go to Albion Rovers games. It comes up every week, doesn't it? Right, well, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen of the of the audience, we've already recorded the Kevin Harper interview, right? So Gregor <laughs> knows exactly what I say. So see when it comes to that bit later on in the show, and he'll go like that, oh, 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 and laugh like an arsehole, and try and make me look like a dafty. We've already recorded that, so fuck you, Gregor. <laughs> I'll try to rip the James Bond out on the other though. Was it? Ah, you were, you were playing, you were playing, you were doing it in a nice way, like that producer Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, it's been great to see how you, well, she's been up, and also, Bob, what have you been doing? <laughs> Boys, well, fuck, it was, it was the opening day of the season. It was the opening day of the season. Fit, fit boys back, fit boys back, but 
as we speak right now on Sky Sports News, this just in, an Aberdeen player has tested positive for coronavirus ahead of this week's game at St Johnston. Right. making that? So that's like a fucking go. That's a that's that's a worm cans everywhere, man. That I think it is. Worm open cans everywhere. You see the deal, mate. You're right. It's not even a day with football, but that's quite scary. That you're obviously Aberdeen's been into lockdown, right? Because so many folk have tested positive. But that is scary, isn't it? That it has affected an Aberdeen player. Freaky, man. But apart from that, but it was a good day for both sides at the weekend. I know we always get abuse for maybe talking about Rangers and Celtic, but we support Rangers and Celtic. Well, I support Rangers and no Celtic. Um, I support the two of them. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you mean, Gredo. Like we, do, we do get a wee bit of, a wee bit of hassle, but not hassle, but we get a wee bit of uh, kickback, don't we, for, for talking about selling Rangers too much. But I think last weekend, was a, it was a great weekend for Scottish football all in, just to get the teams back on the pitch. Um, obviously, the fans can't be in the stadium yet, but that's not too far away, hopefully. Uh, and, you know, it's, a, a few teams put on a, a couple of good performances. But my standout, although Celtic obviously are top of the league, my standout for the weekend there is Ross County. I think that was a tremendous result against Liverpool for Ross County. Mm-hmm. So they, they actually, I, I watched that game against Motherwell. They did, they played well, man. They were, the boy scored the penalty. Sh- sh- what's his name? Stuart? Uh, aye. 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 Uh, Russell Stewart or Roddy Stewart or something? Billy, Billy McKay or whatever up front ran. But Motherwell, they were poor, man. Polworth's a really good player. Turnbull didn't do much. You're looking at them going... They just, hasty playing? Remember, remember what I said last week, man? Hasty was terrible. Hasty was terrible. Hasty, hasty couldn't get past the left. He didn't get past the fullback. Had to get past him once. But then, I think he went half and Seedorf came on. And he changed the game a wee bit for Motherwell. He gave them a bit of, a, bit of injection, didn't he? I don't know why. I've just get, they done so well last season that it was always going to be hard to replicate that. <laughs> But I think uh, they could they could actually be down at the bottom end of the, the table this season. I just think, I don't know, man. I just look at the midfield and go, they've got such a good midfield. They've got good football players in the middle of the park, man. I just don't, I don't know, man. I, Everybody's expecting Turnbull to be the player that he was before he, before he got injured. It's going to take him a wee while to get back to that level, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And um, like you say, they, they didn't have much of an impact on that game on Monday night at all. The midfield was non-existent. Ross County just wanted it. No, they did. Mm-hmm. What about your team, mate? How did you just go on Celtic? Watch it. So I, I actually done the first uh, Celtic daft this week as well um, for the for the Patreon. But we get obviously you know yourselves. You gave you gave Rangers daft away for free this week, and we gave Celtic daft away for free. And I think that um, like we we spoke about that all all through Celtic daft. But what I will say is I thought there wasn't there wasn't a player in the Celtic team that that performed under par. But as I say to John on the show, we need to be mindful of the level of opposition. Um, we'll definitely get it harder against Kilmarnock this week. But we want to be yourselves. I, w- I watched the Rangers game. I thought thought both teams were pretty poor. Rangers were the better of the two teams, to be honest with you. But for the goal, uh, the, the goal was a great move, wasn't it? Oh, it was superb, mate. I, it was, I think we played really, really well in the first half. I actually was dead excited in the first half. I thought we were playing some cracking football. In the yeah. second half, Say plenty of folk were saying it, you know, we've seen this movie before. Is it going to end up? They're going to equalise, last kick of the ball, or this carry on. But need to remember, first game of the season, you know, I, we beat Aberdeen the first first day of the season. It's it's a it's a good result to take back to Glasgow. That's that's one of your big hard games out the way already. Mm-hmm. 
Aye, definitely. Aberdeen at Pataudry. It always gives us a feeling, man. There was like a start that we've only won more than by more than one goal. Aberdeen like twice in the last like, 15 years or something like that. We, it's, we've never been around for taking them taking plenty of goals after Mont Pataudry. So getting a one now virtual Demi and 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 it was good to see the big centre half. He played really well. Um, Haji had a mayor. Haji had a mayor. Every every ingredient said I'm agree with. Aye, that was good. Aye. Absolutely. <laughs> but well, it was a good opening day of the season. God knows what's going to happen this weekend with the whole Aberdeen situation. Now it could have a knock on effect. Touch with it, doesn't he? We mm-hmm. shall see. And get well, well seen. Angels. Flipped the cap off the biscuit tin this week, did they not? Oh, good signings. A lot, a lot of money going out of Ibrox this week. Kamal Roof, can't you believe it? Fucking raging, man. You like him? I do like him as a player. I've, I've liked him as a player since he was at Leeds. And, uh, Tell I us about him for the... See, see when he was leaving Leeds, Rangers were sniffing about him. And I was like, ah, no chance. No chance. And he, he, when he signed for Anderlecht, I was I was quite, quite relieved, to be honest with you, because... He could have been a difference maker for you last season, right? I'll tell you that now. He's a, a lot of people are going to go, oh, he's, he's had one good season, he's had one good season, right? Kamal Roof is a fucking much better player than his stats show, right? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that now. And he's he's going to be able to link the play between the midfield and the, and the front so much. It's, honestly, he's, he's, a, he's a better player than Hadji, right? I'll tell you that now. He's a better player than Hadji. And he'll he'll get you a right few goals as well. He's dangerous up top. Never heard of the other guy, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look, looking at looking at his stats, that that could be like going prior seasons to that. He could have he could be on his his good season, and then he's got his big move to Rangers. But what Rangers are looking at here is trying to replicate what Celtic do, bring in a young striker that's looking to make his name in Europe. And I think this one could work for them in the in the long run, you know. So that's a wee bit of experience in roof and a wee bit of, a wee bit of new new blood coming in. So looking at it's it's only gonna it's only gonna help Rangers this season to be honest with you. It's like we've we're obviously Morelos is gonna go and you're sitting there going, right, we need to get this <laughs> we, need, we need to get it replaced. Do you know what I mean? We need to get it but we've signed the two players already and he's still here. We've been sold Morelos yet, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's good, man. I'm happy with the business. So on the show today, we welcome a man who made his name at Hibs and has recently just stepped down as Albion Rovers manager. It's Kevin Harper. And after the Legends lottery was delayed for a week, it's still Grado's turn on the Legends lottery. You're sorted for that, big man? Guys, I can confirm I do have a Legends lottery. It's, uh, I've been in negotiations all week with this guy. It's a star signing. You're only going to believe it. It's a cracker and I managed to do it all by myself. Isn't that right, John White? Well done, Grado. <laughs> and on our big question, everyone is, everyone is getting on board our Fantasy Football League, which I'm going to, need to make a few changes to now, on the oh. Fantasy Football Scotland app. So looking for your best Fantasy Football or five-a-side team names. But with all the transfer speculation kicking about, it's time to get back to a man who's well in the know. It's Chris Toll and his rumour mill. What is happening? I'm back with a vengeance this week. I've got rumours coming out my ears. Aye. <laughs> Honestly. I love it. I love right, it. So first thing I've talked about is a young boy called Lucas Nemecha from Man City. He's a 21-year-old striker. He spent the second half of last season alone at Middlesbrough. 
Um, and they're looking, Celtic are looking to bring him in. Um, him and they're also uh, we've gotten to ta- we've gotten to Saturday to land a long-term target, Sebastian Anderson, as his release fee from Union Berlin expires. So Celtic want to get him in um, this summer for cheap. They need to sign him within within the next few days, basically. Um, well, looks like we're going to have a bit of a chase on for Odds and Edward with Aston Villa, Arsenal, Leicester, Leeds, other teams being named. Former guest on this show, uh, Ross McCrory, looks as if he could be off to Hibs. But yeah. Portsmouth, are, Portsmouth are keen to take him back down for next season. Um, Hibs are also interested in taking Greg Dockery back to Easter Road for another season. So, uh, you think that's a good fit for Greg Dockery? I think it is. I really do. And I hope he does get a move like that where he can get regular football. Because when he went to Easter Road, there's a lot of Hibs fans in my work. They're saying how well he played and stuff. And I think the boy needs to get regular football. He needs to be playing regularly. And it's not going to happen at Rangers. I just don't think. I think there's a, there's always these teams and players that just, I think, fit each other. And I think a team like Hibs just fits Greg Dockery and vice versa. I think, do you know what I mean? The player suits the club. So, Mm. Hopefully he gets the moving goals because like, he seems a good boy, man. So Scotland international Ryan Fraser, uh, he was at Bournemouth last season. Obviously they've been relegated. However, he's under freedom of contract now. Uh, looks as if he might be on his way to Crystal Palace. He's a cracking player. Ah, he really is. A, he's a he's a great player. He's another one that when he was up in Scotland, a lot of clubs never wanted to take a punt on him because he was so small. Um, but obviously Aberdeen took a punt on him. He got the move down south and. In that big, massive club. Lashing. Well, no. somebody, <laughs> somebody else it might be going off there, but it sounds uh, like uh, that fucking idea on the, on the radio said, Jamie O'Hara. Oh, Listen, oh, I'm, a, I'm a Celtic supporter, right? And see if Jamie O'Hara, uh, to, to quote a great man, if Jamie O'Hara has a dream that Bournemouth are bigger <laughs> than Rangers, he better fucking wake up and apologise. You know <laughs> Did you even see Bod Stewart phoned up? Did he? No. Rod Stewart phone talks what? Yeah. Aye, to say, Jamie, basically, you're talking shit, mate. You're joking, I need to see that, I need to hear that. Aye, aye, that's right. wrong. See, that's, I've you're always right. said this, right? See how you say, like, fans and Rangers fans, they, they, they oil and water at each other all the time. See the minute somebody from elsewhere has a pop at either of the two of them, they both go up, we can fucking marry them. Aye, you know what I mean? It's as if... Listen, we can fucking slag them, but don't you slag them. Aye, aye, that's true, man. It's like, yeah, by the way, that's my fucking, that's my rival. I'll back him up. Let me show you a fucking... <laughs> You're your talking about Bournemouth, boy. Hearts left back, Aaron Hickey, 18 uh, and 16-year-old Celtic winger. Barry Hepburn and Jason Holt are set to join the Bundesliga champions, Bayern Munich, according to reports in Germany. Um, and... Actually, that's the last rumour on the rumour mill today this, uh, this week, Trips. Oh, um, no, you can see Jason to Bayern Munich. Aye. What? Jason Holt to Bayern Munich. Aye, Jason Holt, aye. Freedom of contract. <laughs> going to Bayern Munich. Oh. He's bit, they want an they want older Scottish uh, guy there to like, have an arm around Barry Hepburn and Arm Hickey. Fuck oh, off. So J- Jason Holt's going down to Bayern. <laughs> Wait, what are you laughing at? Remember, Trips, if you get any rumours that you want to get uh, or you just want to get in touch with, just get us on Twitter at Football Daft Pod, uh, Football Daft Podcast on Instagram. Just search for Football Daft on Facebook. 
Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. G4 claims are our sponsors and we love them. If you've been in a road traffic accident and you're not at fault, then G4 claims will make it easy for you. They're going to provide you with complete accident management support that you require. They'll recover their costs for that fault party. And they're going to sort you out with a like-for-like vehicle replacement. They're also going to organise your vehicle to be repaired at one of their approved body shops. And it'll be sent back to you. Should your vehicle be deemed a write-off, they'll recover the pre-accident value for your motor and write you a big fat check. Best of all, it's not going to cost you a penny, as they charge the at-fault insurance direct. T4 claims they don't cold call, they don't buy data, and once they process your claim, your insurance will remain unscathed. And the best thing is, they're calling the team out there, they will only take on your case if they don't think they can help. So, if you've been in a road traffic accident or know somebody that has, get on to G4 claims on 01698-767-172. That's 01698-767-172. Get them at notatfaultclaim.com. That's notatfaultclaim.com. Or find them on the social media at G4 Claims Limited. G4 Claims, not at fault claims. claims. Made easy. Made easy. Made easy. easy. The Legends Lottery on Football Daft. Right, Trips, it's my time for the Legends Lottery this week. It's the time of the week where we get somebody for Scottish football that's a legend, that's played football. But now and again, we get people that, that haven't played football. Ewan Cameron was a guest on it before. These are always ripping me because I'm murdered at getting somebody on. But this week, I've, I'm actually quite delighted about who I've got. Well, hold on, Grado, hold on. We need to give Stephen his score for Greg Wilde because we didn't get around to that last week. Right, let's do that then. So we asked uh, people, obviously, to give a rating out of five for Greg Wilde. Uh, top of the leaderboard is Chris at the moment. We're cracking so for Brian McPhee. Got 13.9. You're still bottom, Grado, 3.7. That'll change in a minute. Um, <laughs> and Greg Wilde was on. Um, Stephen currently sits on 11.9. Greg Wilde was a decent guest, however. And he got a 3.7, which oh, aye, that's good. even up to 15.6. So now that. it's time for... We oh. shall not be moved. <laughs> I'm bringing Brian McPhee back on next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing him on next time, mate. <laughs> anyway, guys, enough chatter. Um, What's it, Grado? Hey, I don't give a fuck about all you. I've got somebody this week. You know I know, because I'm usually sitting here fucking going that. Well, I text somebody and I'll text me back. Well, tell me this. Did John have anything to do with bringing this person in? No, it was my idea. So, this man has been the voice of Fitman Scotland for years and is now one of the hosts on the brand new Go Radio football show. I did a breakfast show. He's my new colleague. No way. I know who it is. It's Uh, none other than Rob McLean. Fuck off, man. Grado, it's yourself. <laughs> it's yourself, Rob. How's it going? I am absolutely buzzing to get you on the show, Rob. I met you last week for the first time in the Go Radio studio, and it's weird, man, because we've had we've had people in, and I've been and and no bad celebrities and stuff like that. But I was starstruck meeting you, biggin. Oh, away. I swear to God, and you know the thing I know. I can't believe. I think you look. I know you're a kind of silver fox, but I think you look a lot. Younger now than what you did back in the 80s, not that? Do I look younger than your dad? You're the same age as my dad. I know, I heard you saying that. Cheers, mate. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I did, do you know what? I get tell after that. They're going, stop mentioning his age. Every time we kept going back, I'd go, Rob McLean, I'd go, I kind of get to the age of that guy. <laughs> the good radio football show with that old fucker on. <laughs> but it's oh, Rob, 
he had said it, but he's in the group chat every two minutes. So he's saying, it's, by the way, man, Bobby Clint's tidy looking. <laughs> Listen, uh, it's, not, uh, it's not just Credo either. His co-host thinks you're an absolute fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you have to bad yourself, darling. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the bud for the radio, Rob. He's a wreck. <laughs> is, is that a knockback? Uh, well, uh, we can talk about it once we'll stop recording. <laughs> but here, uh, do you know what? I, 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 need to, I need to get that story out of the road right away, right? Because... I've been laughing at it all, my, all morning, Rob. You were on the radio last night. You were on the football phone in. Who was it you were on with last night? Ali Defoy, Charlie Mulgrew. Uh, Barry Ferguson. But you had a guest phone in. Yes. <laughs> right. I, think I, know, I think I know what's coming here. <laughs> I, 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 was, I mean, be myself honestly, last night. It was an, it was an absolute belter because, you know, I've just got the screen in front of me with the calls coming in, you know, Lee from Kirkcaldy's on and all the rest of it. And so I'm, I'm away in another space and it comes up. Uh, you know, Rob's on the line now. So next caller, Rob, and there's a silence. And then he says, Hi, it's Rob Douglas here. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of your special guests. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it was, it was hilarious the way he was going, Ah, next we've got Rob on the line. And Rob Douglas is like, Oh, how you doing? And uh, you're kind of giving it, You're on the football phone, then. <laughs> <laughs> He's going, Hi. Mm-hmm. What, what would you like? What, what, what would you like to ask? What's your point, caller? What would you, I hope you like to say. Well, I'm actually a football legend, and I'm on. I'm a guest on your show. <laughs> no, but I'm going in. I'm going in a word for Big Douglas. I've asked him to come on to our show about fifteen times. And you, you're there a week, and you've got him on. I know he's doing. He's doing nothing else. I don't think. Big <laughs> chance. Honestly, I, I was peeing myself. But how are you getting on at the, the at Goredo? Then it's, it's good. Launched last good. week. Feels like we've done about three weeks, Gredo, to be honest. Uh, but I mean, it's only we've only done four shows, you know. But no, it's it's good. It takes a you know two hours of of all talk. It takes a bit of finding because you want plenty of guests because you want it to be kind of busy. Um, but you know, so so you know, on a daily basis, it's you know we're trying to plan ahead a bit. But you know, people sort of say, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, and then they call off and all that sort of stuff. So <laughs> it's been good so far. And, and you know, I mean, like Barry Ferguson and Charlie McGrew were really good last night, and Barry with Cy Ferry, I think, is really good as well. Yeah. It's all these sort of little combinations that are that are quite good. Barry and who? Barry and who? Barry who? Barry and who? Some some guy that does a a, pod, a podcast that nobody watches. Never heard him. Never heard him. Barry Ferguson's a nice guy, right enough. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I hear I know you're he's a nice guy. Uh, he's good, man. But I've never heard the other guy. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention more. Aye, okay. Uh, listen. He only get he only gets about twenty thousand mail of listenership than we get in this show. Higher, higher. We've got an extra five thousand. We've got an extra five thousand this week. So we can can some Rob on. Know what I mean? <laughs> right, Rob. Tell us. Take it. We'll go all serious now. Right, take us back. How did you get into commentary? Um, um. So I come from up north near Inverness, Invergordon is where I come from. So I I started working my local paper there. I ended up in Aberdeen working as a journalist, as a news reporter. And uh, the local radio station started off up there, North Sound Radio in Aberdeen. I walked in the first day as a, as a reporter. The boss says, who likes football? I put my hand up and he says, right, you're the commentator. So, you know, that was, it. That was the job interview. Um, you know, and, and it coincided with Aberdeen having a really good team at that time. Uh, Fergie, Fergie was in charge, and you know, two years later, they won the European Cup Winners' Cup. So, and I was this just kid reporter, uh, buzzing about, buzzing around Europe, commentating on all these games, 
and then Aberdeen beat Real Madrid and it was so it was an incredible time and it kind of seemed normal for me at that stage but it's only when I look back now I think it was absolutely ridiculous that they were doing what they were doing at that stage Mm -hmm. but it was it was an amazing start for me I hadn't really planned it at all it just fell on me And, and I think a lot of my career has probably gone that way stuff just has happened and I've fallen into it you know I'm not the king of planning as anyone who knows me would tell you so um you know things have just kind of happened very fortunately and and I, and I feel feel lucky so Rob did you have to change your accent when Sorry, you I can't, couldn't understand that what was that obviously you're free up in Vernes way yeah. You don't seem to have that kind of twang anymore. <laughs> Did you have to change your accent to, to get into like the Central Scotland TV kind of, kind of thing? I, well, I mean, it's, it's funny. I, th- I think, uh, you know, whatever accent you have, and, and you're right, it, it's a right enough, right enough and all that, up, up, <laughs> in, up in that, that part of the world. And you kind of, you do need subtitles, I suppose, in the central belt. But I think what happens in broadcasting is that, you know, I, th- I hate people who change their voices completely. I just think that sounds awful when you, you sort of adopt a completely different voice for, for, for broadcasting or whatever, uh, unless you're an actor, in which case you do it all the time. But um I think, you know, to, to make yourself understood, you probably modify your accent a wee bit. Uh, so, you know, so your point is absolutely spot on, uh, Chris, that, that uh, you know, it probably, without me knowing it, it did change a bit. I like to think, though, I think some people listen to me, some some people in the Highlands listen to me and they, oh, I hear your twang all the time and stuff. So probably if you've got an ear for it, you know, you notice that the accent hasn't completely gone. It's just, I probably just modified it a bit. Rob, 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 Rob. See how when you're when you, before you commentate on a game, right? Mm. Wait, wait, do you write in your notes down? Number eleven's played a hundred games, blood type, all the rest. Of it. Do you know all that done? Inside leg measurements and all that sort of stuff. Aye, the full bifter. Aye, um, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. I do. Yeah, I mean, you, you do prepare. But I think, Grado, you know what happens is that, like at the start of the season, right now, it it's it's a much more difficult job because clubs get new players in, not so much so because of lockdown and all that sort of stuff. It's not so bad this time around. But gen- a lot of teams change half the squad or whatever. So until you've seen the team a few times, you're a bit rusty and you maybe don't recognise and identify people. But mm. after after a while, you know, you get to suss out the way they move and all that sort of stuff and, and what they what what they look like and all that sort of thing. But what I was going to say was, you know, although although I've got a lot of stuff scribbled down you know some some people who would say it's on the back of a flag packer or something because of my <laughs> intense preparation but um you know you want it in your head because you you want to be you want to be watching the game and you don't really want to be taking your eye off because it's such law that if you're looking down to get a wee start and you, then you look back up and the ball's in the back of the net you're so you're sunk at that point so you have to be watching the game so you want all the info in your head See how it's funny you're saying that when they get new players. How does it go about with pronunciations of some of the players? Because over the years, I mean, I remember Archie McPherson, Marcus De Beasley, and it, and it felt as if he'd done it that often he couldn't go back and change it. How is that? Is how how do you get the pronunciations? You phone up the club. You you were you you were probably listening to Archie and thinking, all oh, right, he, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. That must be <laughs> you know, and that and that's it. We all do that, you know, and sometimes. You know, like Rangers has just signed a couple of new foreign players, 
and and I was uh, I was so I was talking about it on the the Go Radio Football Show the other night, and I, I was giving what I thought was the pronunciation, which will probably prove to be the wrong one. But I think, see if you sound as if you know what you're talking about. You know, it's almost like a con man job. You, you, you have, oh, right, he must know, he, you know. And actually, I don't have a clue. And, and probably, you know, you've got a better idea than I have. And then eventually, you speak to the guy himself and he gives you the, the definitive pronunciation. But other than that, there's, there's a lot of uh, chance in your arm goes on. I was up only, only up until the end of last season. McCoy's kept calling Morelos Morales. <laughs> oh, oh, listen, it, it, it wasn't just uh, one variation. There was about seven different versions of Morelos that McCoy's did, none of which were actually the right one. <laughs> Who's your best commentator? Who's your favourite commentator, Rob? Is there anybody you looked up to when you were growing up going, that's what I want to be like? Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's a guy that, that, uh, that I used to listen to when I was young, and he's, he's gone now. He's passed on. Brian Moore. He was on, I don't know if you remember him at all, he, he, was, he was on ITV for a long, long time. And he was, just, he was just very simple and straightforward, his commentary. You know, he wasn't trying to be too clever. He wasn't throwing in too many stats. And, uh, you know, basically he just sounded like he loved the game and his voice just sort of went up and up, no matter, depending on how exciting the game was and all. And I quite like that sort of style of, of commentator. I quite, I quite like, um, this guy, uh, is it Guy Mowbray does Match of the Day on the BBC? Yeah. I quite like him, um, you know. I think like Clive, Clive Towsley until this week. <laughs> exactly. I have no idea who this Clive Towsley is that he keeps talking about, by the way. He's none compared to Michael Stewart, don't worry, mate. Hey, right. listen, just, <laughs> we've got Rory. Rory's presenting our show, just leave it alone, all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, what's your what's your favourite game that you've commentated on, Rob? Uh, I mean, yeah, I was talking about my early days, my first day, my early days in commentary as a kid when I when I did that. I mean, that that sort of to do a European final when the Scottish team actually won it back in the eighties, sort of thing. Nice. You know, that that was incredible. Um, I was in uh, Seville uh, with Celtic for for the for the UEFA Cup final. Um, I did Scotland, France, the opening. Um, sorry, Scotland, Brazil in France at the opening, the opening game of the World Cup in 1998. The last time we were at a major finals, I did the Scotland England game more recently. You know, when Lee Griffiths scored those two goals, and we thought we'd beaten England, and and it went from sort of joy to heartbreak in the matter of a couple of minutes when Harry Kane did what Harry Kane does, unfortunately. So, I mean, I'm really lucky. I've, uh, uh, those are just a few off the top of my head. Um, you know, I've been old firm. I've done loads of old firm games. You know, which have their own sort of amazing sort of atmosphere. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just a few. I'm dead lucky. I just love going to football matches, to be honest. And and it's, you know, I've missed it badly as we all have in the last four or five months. And it's just, it's great to be back. You must yeah, have good. Did you, get any, did you get any offers yourself? Any clubs to host that? Host their, uh, their their club TV thing. Like we were getting a bit Clyde Tildesley there and and yeah. Michael Stewart and stuff. Did any clubs contact you? And yeah, a couple, I, I'm I'm doing Aberdeen. I'm 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 uh, I'm presenting Aberdeen's coverage. Really? Um, I don't know how that's going to go down with you, but uh, well, you'll not be able to get into the stadium because they're <laughs> shut down now, aren't they? The whole, the whole city well, shut down. I think, I think the football club's okay. I think because it's of all this, they do and all that, it's it's going to be okay. But and a couple of clubs approached me. Um, to front up their coverage and and it's you know it's very inter- it's an interesting development isn't it and I think it's kind of long overdue 
that yep. the clubs zapped up their their their, their club TV sort of coverage because I think it's really important. You know, lots of people ain't going to the games at the moment, so that makes it massive. But yep. even when uh, people are going to games, loads of people watch it. You know, when people abroad and all the rest of it, and I think it kind of sends out a message about how professional you are as a club. Yep. As to what, how good your club TV is. So, 100%. You know, so I think a lot of it's got to do with the rights, though. You know, you get all your overseas uh, fans watching it, which is fair enough. But let, let's be honest here. We all, know, we all know folk that watch it illegal streams here. Now, you see if there was an option for to pay to watch Celtic games at home, you would, you would, or Rangers games or whatever games, I think they would sell a lot more than they would season tickets. And, but you would still get your core fans that want to be there in the stadium. But if I think it's going to come to a point where when it comes to uh, renegotiating, the clubs are going to maybe take a step back and go, no, listen, we want to, we want uh, the rights to our own games and stuff like that. And we don't want to sell it on mm. BBC or Sky or anything like that. And then you're cutting out the middleman, the money's coming straight to all the clubs. And people like yourself and all that are always going to be guaranteed a job because obviously you're a huge name in Scottish football and you're going to be doing the Aberdeen games, but um, do you not think that in the future, going forward, that's the way that it's going to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that that hasn't happened before now, to be honest, that the clubs didn't take the televising side of things much more, you know, in, into their own domain sort of thing. Um, uh, because I think, I think it's a big opportunity. It's happened in Europe, hasn't it? It's happened, you know, with the big clubs in Spain who, who sort of own their own TV rights and do their own thing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So. But as usual, we're we're not exactly quick off the mark in Scotland. So, um, you know, I, I think people are only coming round to that way of thinking now, and it and it and it's probably pretty frustrating because it probably would have been good if Scottish football had taken ownership of the television side of things because it it, it produces very little money, doesn't it? Really, the, the yeah. TV money is garbage compared to what what's happening in England, and that and that's pretty sad, and it and it and it, and it impacts on the clubs because it means they get less money. The quality of players isn't as good, you know. And you know, you look back to 10, 15 years ago in Scottish football when TV money was better, players were better, the football was better. Do you know what? Sometimes I think, Rob, I'm, I'm like, what a job you must have in terms of, say, you're going to commentate a game in Europe, right? Say the games are Wednesday. I take it you maybe fly out on a Tuesday, get your you probably status with British Airways because you're you're always travelling, sat in a lounge or that, cut of swallies, get there. Night in the next day, do what you want, go see the sights, and then watch Fitman commentate on it. I think that sounds gallows. <laughs> do you want to come with me? Do you, you carry my bag? I'd do, I'd, I'd do that. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love to drink. Boys, uh, do you think that sounds like a, 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 a great job? No, it's, it's great. I, mean, tra- I love, love travelling. And, and what, fo- what, fo- what football's done is, you know, and, and I guess at the moment it's Fantasy Island, the thought of travelling. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's been great. It's been one massive perk that I've had. I've gone to places and countries that I would never have gone to without football. Like I went to the I went to the World Cup in 2002 in Japan and Korea. Mm-hmm. I was part of the you know Scotland weren't there, but I was part of the BBC Network comment, commentary team. And now, now I, I don't think in my lifetime I would ever have gone there to those two countries had it not been for for that competition. So it, it kind of introduces you to to places. And like for for, for instance, I mean I I went to. Uh, Seville for the the Celtic Porto uh, UEFA Cup final 2003, and it was you know there were it was teeming with Celtic fans and you couldn't see but it but it looked like it looked like quite a nice place when I was there. So my, myself and my wife went back in the October 
uh, later on, uh, yeah. three or four day break over there, and it was a beautiful place, you know. So it's almost kind of gives you a wee sampler of places, and you think, all right, I wouldn't mind going back there. But what a day and what what a memory! I, I absolutely loved it, even though we get gobbed. No, it was it was special, and uh, funnily enough, I was just uh, on the the go the go show uh, last night. Rob Douglas was on. And, uh, you know, we, we were speaking about that and, and you know, it, and yes, disappointing when, when Henrik had scored two goals to lose the final. But I mean, that, that run to Seville, the, you know, the teams that were beaten along the way, some of those amazing games against Blackburn and Liverpool and Stuttgart and Celta Vigo and Boavista and all the rest of it. Um, you know, I mean, that, that, was, in, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Hey, cheers for joining us, Rob. Thanks. <laughs> That's all we time for. <laughs> no, wait a minute. No, we'll talk. About, we'll talk about Manchester now. Come <laughs> on, we need to watch that. Right, it's coming back to the Come on. <laughs> yeah, Rob. I want to ask you. Right, you've been commentating for all these years. What's the biggest cock up you've had in a game, in like a live game? Well. I mean, probably quite a lot because I mean, doing doing live live TV, whether you're presenting or commentating, I mean, the, the custard pie is just waiting. It's never far away to yeah. slap into your face when something goes wrong. One one I remember, one I remember, it was from those early days in Aberdeen local radio. I, w- I was commentating on a European game with Aberdeen, and there was a minute silence beforehand. And the only thing that I'd read in the local paper that that could explain it to me was that the Gothenburg goalkeeper's uncle had died, and there was a doubt that he could play in the game at Pataudry. Um, so I had 60 seconds to think about it during the minute silence and so I went for that after as I said that of course was for the Gothenburg goalkeeper's uncle blah 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 blah. and uh, my girlfriend at the time was sitting beside me now my missus who um, sort of when I took my headphones off at the end of the game she said you know you're great at reading the back pages of newspapers you should maybe read the front pages now and again did you not know that the Swedish Prime Minister Olaf Palma was assassinated on Tuesday (laughs) (laughs) That that went badly. So yeah, I've made I've had a few cock ups in, in my time, but I mean, it's, I guess it's that isn't it? It's how you recover from it. I kept my job, which was a major bonus at the time. That's brilliant. So just before we we, we go, um, Rob, is this a, have you ever dealt with phone lines before? Uh, not really. Not on a not on a, not on a regular basis. No, no. Did you have? It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think sometimes on these phone lines, Grado. Um, the callers get kind of dismissed and mm-hmm. they get, you know, just shunted. And, and it, I, can name a, I can name a radio station that does that. I well, exa- exactly. And I think, <laughs> and I think what, what, we're happy to, what we're happy to do is, is enjoy the phone call, chat with the caller, throw it back to them. You know, I mean, we've had callers already in the first few days we've done the show and it just so happens they're phoning in and suddenly they're speaking to Barry Ferguson or, you know, they're speaking to Charlie Mulgrew or, you know, they're speaking to a, a star football guest and, and they're very much part of the show that it's not just a five-second phone call. You know, it can be more than that if they want it to be. They can really get involved. So I think that can be quite a big part of the show. And I think also as well, Robert, it would be good to hear you actually talk about the football as well rather than you asking the questions in the studio. I think yeah. it would be good to you, for you to get some, of your, some stuff off your chest. But, but I'm just, I just need to get some uh, broadcasting advice from you, Grado. Will you be able to take me aside at some stage and give me some tips? 100%, mate. What today is, I'm, at the, I'm in the breakfast show every morning, so you're on about five o'clock. Get yourself in about half ten as soon as I come after the breakfast show. And I'll take you for something to eat and I'll show you what today, right? A wee roll on sausage and I'll talk through. Correct, correct. You, you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm available all next week. We'll sort it out, right? I'll show you what not to do. I well, exactly, yeah. No, one no. more thing, one more thing before you go, Rob. Yes. Which which took you done with then, Michelle? 
he's he does golf. I think he covers golf, so he, he kind of he'll obviously not be doing much of it at the moment. But but he he was part of the on the golf channel. I think it was touring around uh, Europe, but golf events and stuff. So he, I don't. He's not doing anything football wise anymore. I think it's time to get the band together, get the band back together, and make <laughs> a sports scene on the go. Aye. Well, tell tell Dougie I'm asking for him, right? I will do. Next time I see him, I'll I'll give him your best. <laughs> the silver fox and super noodle head. <laughs> well, thanks very much for coming on the show tonight. Pleasure. Good, good to speak to you guys. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Hey, Trips. So now you can get more content for Football Daft on our brand new Patreon service. Just in case you don't know what Patreon is, it's a subscription service that you sign up to not only support the podcast, but also get us talking more shit. So set up three tiers from which you can choose for. Tier one is a £5 a month uh, tier, and it's League One. On there, you'll get early access to episodes, an ad-free version of the show, Patreon-only chat community, a full video version of the podcast, don't worry, you'll still be able to get the interviews we do on YouTube, but for the full video version, you'll need to get signed up. Uh, random bonus content as well, so you'll be getting you'll be getting daft stuff phase all the time, basically, uh, with, the, with the League One tier. Tier 2 is £7.50 a month, and it's a championship tier. You'll get everything for Tier 1, plus some brand new podcasts phase. We gave them away free last week, but if you want to continue to listen to our brand new shows, Rangers and Celtic Daft, well, Rangers Daft and Celtic Daft, sorry, you need to sign up for this tier. Basically, you're going to get eight extra podcasts a month, Faze. Um, what, what, what did you find for it last, last week, lads? What, how did you enjoy doing it? I, thought, I, I really liked it because, obviously, it was just like I had my two mates on as well, me and Gredo and Tam and Bert. So, yeah, you and your pals just talk about Rangers. It's obviously like we date on the podcast, but with this, it's solely your club that you want to talk about. So... Plus, you get more stuff out of Grado because he knows a wee bit more what he's talking about. <laughs> a wee bit more. But you're right, Bo, but it is good. It was good talking to your pals the other day. Do you know what I mean? It was good. It was like being down the booster, to be honest with you. That kind of idea. So that's the kind of random bonus content that we're putting in. So if, you, if you've maybe missed the game or whatever, on the Monday or the Sunday Monday, we'll be uploading the Rangers Daff and Celtic Daff where we concentrate more on what happened at the weekend. On the, on the uh, championship tier, you also get teammates. So each week's guest will talk about their teammates and a feature that we've just ripped off Soccer AM blatantly. We've just ripped it right off them, haven't we? Right, uh, this week, of course, you'll be able to hear about Kevin Harper's teammates. Some of the players that he speaks about, lads, uh, it's a, you know, I can't. I actually forgot that he'd played with some of these people. And you did, uh, aye. Uh, what, a, what a career he's had. So uh, you get the football daft outtakes. Right, not everything that we say on football daft each week makes it onto the show believe it or not right now Gredo's had a few stumbles Stevie's had a few stumbles I've definitely had a few stumbles John's made an arse on more than one occasion but you're going to get to see these fuck ups now and that that, <laughs> that, would, that would be enough for me to sign up to be perfectly honest with you um, plus you get everything else in, in the uh, League 1 tier as well tier 3 is an exclusive premiership tier right there's only 100 available slots for this. It's £10 a month, and you'll get everything that we've just mentioned. Plus, you'll get a free Football Daft t-shirt once you've been signed up for four consecutive months. Uh, you get to play myself or Stephen at FIFA. Right Now, 
Originally, this was supposed to be just on PlayStation 4, right? But I'm going to buy it for Xbox. So if any of you have got an Xbox and you want to sign up for it and play me on the Xbox, then bring it on, bitches. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, right? it's here if you want it. Aye, aye. You know, I'll, I'll soon show you how shite I am at FIFA, boy. <laughs> and also, you're going to get the uh, you're going to get the first chance uh, to be a pundit on either Rangers or Celtic draft, whichever one you choose. If you're not a Celtic or Rangers uh, fan and you want to come on to the show, we'll get you on the pro cards. Uh, if you're on the if you're on the Patreon, we'll get you on the pro cards. If you're not a Celtic or Rangers fan, um, so we'll be adding more stuff to these tiers as the season progresses. But that's what we've got to start. So if you fancy any of that. Get signed up now at patreon.com forward slash football daft. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and football daft, all one word. So get involved now as we would love to welcome you to the squad. Football daft, big question. So it's that time of the season where everyone sets up their fantasy football teams and argues with their mates. Remember, you can still join our league on the Fantasy Football Scotland app. We currently have over 1,500 on there and you can take us all on and prove you know more than we do. Anyway, the best bit about fantasy football is coming up with your team. So this week, we asked, what's the best one you've seen? There's a few belters, isn't there? There is. There's some crackers on this list as well, man. Aye, aye. Um, my my favourite is still Toast and Charm. <laughs> that's, uh, there's, some, there's some toppers on this list here. Aye, aye. Breast homage Albion. <laughs> Breast yeah, homage Albion. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Alan, Borussia mushroom flashback. <laughs> <laughs> I like John's inter my lamb. <laughs> oh, that's a, that, that's a new one. That's a new one. Andrew's joined it in the roof. That's, that's quite clever, isn't it? That's that quite is clever. quite good. What do you mean? Uh, uh, because it's Cedric Atom of just said and then and came out and came out of He touched my tip. <laughs> he he Sha- touched my tip, but it's a belter. Sha- Champagne Super Rovers. There's a few from the Football Daft Twitter. We've got Craig Scacy's Kindergarten Klopp. Um, Rob's went for Breaking Bad, which I thought was pretty decent. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Craig Meikle, Kebab Douglas. <laughs> uh, we've got PK Binders, which is the old one from John. Chicken Tikka Mo Salah, John Wayne. <laughs> ah, that's a classic, man. Chicken Tikka Mo Salah. And I think this is my favourite. And you missed us, right? I think it's my favourite. Craig has went for Surreal Madrid Fish. <laughs> well, that's pretty, I thought it was very smart, that one. Well, it was the fish, I don't <laughs> I thought it was very smart, that one. <laughs> right, so I'm going to have to explain this joke to you, Gray, though. Are you going to? Surreal Go Madrid. So you have to explain it for me and all, mate. Oh, my God. Surreal Madrid. So it's surreal, surreal humour. And then he's written just fish as a random word in there. That's shite. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident. Get them now at notitfaultclaims.com. As families reconnect, as shops reopen, as you begin to get out and about again, don't forget your mask. Face coverings are now mandatory in shops and supermarkets across Scotland. So make sure you order yours today from rightdose.co.uk. Right Dose. 
is your personalised pharmacy delivered? And we've got face masks fit for all the family, ready for delivery in just one day. They're safe, light and comfortable from just £2 each or get six for £10 with free delivery. Order now at rightdose.co.uk. Right Dose, your personalised pharmacy delivered. It's now time to try and give away two cases of Beer 52. It was a rollover last week as we once again play the Pro Set Playoff. All you have to do is guess the player from the 91-92 set of Pro Set cards from the description quicker than either Chris, Grado or Stephen to win. And playing today, it's Rangers supporter Davey Hogg. Welcome, Davey. How are you doing, Davey, my man? Cheers, lads. All the yeah, best. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was hoping for... Uh, me and you have a good friendship there until John says Rangers supporter, Davey Hogg. So, <laughs> I'm hoping my name comes out the ball now, boy. You all for him, game, man? Right, well, we'll find out in a minute. So the rules are really simple. I'm going to read the description of the football form, the card, and you have to guess who it is by buzzing in when you know the answer. If you do buzz in, however, Davey, and you get it wrong, you're out, and the other person gets, gets to guess who it is. All right, does that make sense? No worries. First to two wins, all right. But first of all, I need your buzzer. What's your buzzer going to be? Loudrop is God. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. You've went, right. you've, went for a, you've went for a long buzzer. You don't know the rules of this. My buzzer noise is ha. So you saying Loudrop is God is going to take a lot longer than it well, takes. Who, who, would you like, who would you like to play, Davey? Ah, it's... It's got to be told because it's it's Coatbridge versus Lark Call, you know what I mean? Might oh, as well. Right, okay, let's do the draw. Names on the hat. Who's coming out here? Oh, I see him in total. Come on, can we not just do it? I can just do it. Hashtag pay for, pay for Grado. <laughs> However, you're playing against Steven for a second. Oh, again? Ah, oh, you should play Toe, man. I think it makes it exciting. Right, okay then, David. Would you rather play right. Steven or Toe? I think he's all played tall, man. Let's just go for it. The, the wee man's gave the fighting talk, so we might oh, as well. Right, okay, here we go. Love it, mate. Here we go, all right. Love it. Right, Love it. he's ready for your first one. First of two ones, remember that. Okay, what's your... Play yourself, David. Ha! Ha, right, okay. Here we go. First card is out. This person's first club was Celtic, but he made just 24 appearances in four seasons before moving to Cambridge United in 1983. After two seasons as a regular at the Abbey Stadium, he joined Bristol City, moving to Shrewsbury two years later. And his first... God. What? Who? who? Davey? Uh, I think it's Davey Moyes. It is Davey Moyes. One point. Oh, oh, oh. Did we not have that one last week? John, uh, that was on a couple of weeks ago. There you go. And you were on the show a couple of weeks ago, Chris. You should have got that. I know. I know. I think they're Next player, 1-0 to Davey. Next one's the winner. This player played in all 36 Premier League fixtures for Aberdeen last season, scoring seven goals. He first saw league action with Airdrie in 1977 after playing football in Iceland and Belgium. Ha! Chris? Ah, fucking wait. I've dived in. I've dived in. I'm out. Oh! <laughs> I will continue reading, Davey. He played drop is God. I'm going to be kinky and say Jim Bet. Jim Bet. 2 0 Whitewash! Well man. By the way. Well played. Well played. But what I will say is, 
I had no fucking idea. Jim, play, Jim Bet played in Belgium or uh, Iceland. Neither did I. So fair play. Well, Davey did Davey. this, and he's just won two crates of beer. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's sitting with a computer in front of him. That's all I'm saying. Hey, hold oh, on, oh, 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 oh. hold on. Fuck all in front of me, wee man. Ah, <laughs> Davey, fair play, mate. Well Take done. Take the beating, Chris. Take the beating. There you go. Always, always cheated, never defeated. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> well played, the start, the start to 55 begins now, too. Oh. <laughs> Five well, five 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 Tweet at Football Daft. Winners have to be 18, over 18. Stay in the UK. And remember, Beer 52 is a monthly subscription service for beer. We get it from all around the world, from some of the brilliant small batch breweries. Uh, so you, but you can get free beer from them right now. Dead easy. Just hit us up, beer52.com forward slash daft. We'll sort out a bunch of free beers if you just cover for the 4 95 for the postage and packaging. So head there right now. Get your beers, beer52.com forward slash daft. I've got a question to ask you, boys. Go for it. Right, do you keep your boys nice and camped? Yes. Ah, you do. Is that part of your part of your routine? Well, it is usually, but obviously we're in lockdown. It's got a wee bit fucking messy down there. Right. But I'm the. I, I do usually do it. I'm a. I'm a keep keep the boys neat kind of guy. Give yourself too. I'm a keep the boys neat in the summer. Grow in the winter coat in the winter. Right. See, but don't 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 get me wrong. It's no like a it's no like a something you see in a back garden. I I, I, need, I like to keep it nice and neat. Aye. I'd but, like uh, to see your boss. I don't I don't I don't go right down to the wood unless it's the summer time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John, what about yourself? I'm interested to in see how you keep your boys. Well, no, I'd, I'd like John's a I'd like John's a shaver. Nah. No, I, I keep, I'm just scared to, to go down there because it always ends in disaster, doesn't well, it? Well, don't be scared. Listen, listen, what I'm going to you right now, right? Because this week, Football Daft is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. And I'm going to tell you this right now, they offer precision-engineered tools for your boys. <laughs> I've just launched in the... U- is this, is this like special clippers for your nuts? Let me t- it's exactly it. That's going to solve all your issues that you've got today with Harry Boys. I've just launched in the UK and we have went years without using the right tools. I've seen me with an old bick cut myself to oh, shred. Put your tools down because you two can be one of the first men in Scotland to experience their life-changing products. That's why Manscaped have redesigned this electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And I've just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. Lawnmower? It's, it's the Lawnmower 3.0 and it's here in the UK. It's a third generation trimmer and it features, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. The battery will last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Plus, the water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. How good's that? Nice, well, nice. That's good, but I'd, I'd, need, I'd need double the battery for my big bad boys. 
Well, I just well, think this is this is going to be a relief for Stephanie because I'm sure she's fed up lifting up pubes for the sink and the toilet and all that because I've been standing there at the sink. This is now this is going to come to an end with the lawnmower 3.0 because you can use it in the shower. And I'll tell you another cool feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. You can show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. Oh. <laughs> Easy USB. Come on, I need a charger for my lawnmower 3.0. That's going to cause... <laughs> So if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Bush to tush. <laughs> get 20% off and free shipping with the code daft at manscaped.com. That's the code daft at manscaped.com. Your boys will thank you. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code daft because it's time to shave those balls. Yes. Now let's introduce a man he's made his name at Hibs with over 100 appearances for the club. He also played at Derby, Portsmouth, Leicester, Stoke and Dunfermline. Until recently, he was a manager of Albion Rovers. It's none other than Kevin Harper. How's it going, man? I'm all good, mate. You? Good to see you, mate. Thanks for coming on the podcast. How's, your, how's the lockdown been and everything else? I think it's been the same as most every, everybody else, you know. Uh, get four kids, so it's been a wee bit difficult for certainly the younger two, uh, the older two. Uh, twenty and thirteen, or well, fourteen. Sorry, just turned fourteen. So they've been they've been all good. Up my rooms on their phone as they would do. Uh, the younger ones, wee boy at five's probably been the hardest. He's wanting to go out and see his pals and go out and play football and stuff. He's not really been allowed to. Kevin, so like, who uncovered you? Who who who, who gave you your starting fit? Who signed you first? It was uh, it was a strange one, mate. To be fair, I was uh, I grew up in Porsche, as probably everybody knows, and I was just out playing with my mate. It was about ten, and he's like, oh, "I need to go to football training." And I was like, "Well, what have I do?" And he's like, "I don't know." And I says, "It's all right, you come along with you." And he says, "Aye." So I ended up walking for Porsche to Sight Hill, play for the Celtic North, which used to be at St Stephen's, and that's how I got into it. And then obviously, I went to sign for West Park for Bishop Briggs and. Alec Miller saw me. Uh, I was playing a tournament in Paisley, uh, and his son was playing in the same tournament. And there was a bit of commotion going on in the pitch that I was playing. Obviously, I was wrapping it up, and he turned round and ended up watching my game. And that's how I, he asked me to sign for sign for Hibs. Came up to came up to Porso, had a chat with me, and my mum. Went back down, and his car had been broken, and his stereo had been took. Yeah, did, you know, did you know have a bit of time at Hutchie Vale as well? I had, yeah, when I was at Hibs, uh, Alec Miller says I had to play for them, uh, play for Hutchie Vale. But for me, Hutchie Vale, we were winning like 10-0 and stuff like that, so it wasn't really much. I think Alec Miller was just scared because it was coming to the end of my S form in case any of the teams through here had wanted to uh, snap me up. When you when you were at Hibs, Kevin, you were playing with boys like Darren Jackson, Pat McGinley, Keith Wright, Kevin McAllister, and that was it. A bit of like, like an education for you, like a football and education. I, th- I, th- I think when I went when I went in, there was there was a lot there was a lot of hype because there was this kid that was coming through uh, the Hibs ranks, and when I got there, it was it was really it, it was just it was it was an eye opener. But as I say, it was just for me. I remember the first day Alec Miller shouted me over. I was training with the reserves and he shouted me over. And uh, I went in, obviously running across. We were, we were playing that. We were, we were training at a, a rugby pitch at the time. Uh, 
and I remember him shouting his over and running over, really nervous. And then first chat, first first uh, bit of football we had, first bit of training, I ended up. I think I uh, slid, slid, uh, had a straight legger with Graham Mitchell, the left back, and I think that was that was something that had to happen because then they took it. They went, all right, this kid's for real. But I think learning for the players, the experienced players, you know. Keith Wright was was amazing. Even Kevin McAllister, you know, Mickey Weir, Pat McGinley were were excellent players. And I think we we get probably a disservice done to that team because if you look at if you ask Hibs Hibs supporters, they probably not even mention our team. But the attacking the attacking that we had in that <coughs> team, as I say, myself, Tony Rougier was there, Keith Wright, Darren Jackson, Mike O'Neill, Pat McGinley, you know, Mickey Weir. Great players, man. Great you know, players. So we were really we were really attacking side, but I think if you look at it and you ask, as I say, if you ask any Hibs fan, they probably wouldn't even mention our team to be honest. I believe you mentioned you mentioned uh, Kevin McAllister there. Now I noticed that John's desk rose very slightly when you mentioned <laughs> Kevin McAllister's name there. <laughs> um, did you learn a lot from from Kevin McAllister? He is a he's like a he's a he is a genuine legend of Scottish football, isn't he? And what a player he was. Yeah. He was top. He was top draw crunch. He was quality, real quality on the ball. Good, good crossing. And he was only he's pr- probably my height as well, you know. So it was always it's always good that sometimes I was taller than him. Sometimes he was smaller. Than he was he was taller than me. So it depended who we wanted to be in the middle, you know. Aye. I would say I would stand on my tiptoes, so I was a bit taller than him. He had to go in the middle and the and the rondos, you know what I mean? So it was all, it was all, it was all good that way. But no, Crunchy was fantastic. Him and Mickey Weir because they played the same sort of position. And I was I was just fortunate enough that you know I ended up taking over from from the two the two players that are probably let as you say, Crunchy's a legend football, and you know Mickey Mickey's a legend for Hibs as well. Do you know, it's funny that you, you, you say that Hibs fans don't want to remember that team, right? But see that team that you've just mentioned there? That's a Hibs team, I think, eh? because we, we talk about Fitma stickers on, that, on this podcast <laughs> and again, and that's, that's the team I remember from, from our Fitma sticker book, was yeah. that yourself, yourself <laughs> included, by the way, that, that whole team right there, that's the one I remember. Uh, it's, it's, it's strange that, because as I say, the majority of Hibs fans, I don't think, would say that we were an attacking side, but when you look at the setup that we had, we... We'd real attacking players in it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I think we fin- I think one of the seasons we finished third. It was the first time anybody had finished third didn't get into Europe. I think uh, I think it might have been I'm not sure who won the league, but obviously Celtic or Rangers, and then it was Motherwell, and then it was us. Uh, so, you know, when we look at that and everybody thought Alec Miller was was a defensive manager. He wasn't he? He was just very tactically aware. You know, he set us up not not to get beat, but we had the attack and flair to go and play and, and do what we do what we wanted. And you know, with players like Keith Wright, Darren Jackson, Michael O'Neill, myself, you know, Pat McGinley and the team, you know, Crunchy and, and Mickey when they were there, you know, it's I think you just look at it and you go, that's a real attack inside. Aye. What was Alec Miller like to work under? Do you have a good relationship with him, Kevin? Yeah, I, I thought he was excellent. A lot of the, a lot of the other boys, a lot of the experienced boys, I don't think had much time for him, if I'm honest. But tactically, he was very tactically aware. He was really Really in depth in things, you know. And as a kid, I always, I always have something, you know, an affiliation with Ali. I've got a lot, a lot of time for the guy. He's just a football, pure football guy. You know, he's hundred percent football. I saw him when uh, Hibs won the, the Scottish Cup, and he was like, "I just go to games, any games that are on. I just go and watch them." You know, it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a Premier League or the Second Division or Juniors. He just loves football, and that's that's the way he's always been. But 
for me, he was he was excellent. He was excellent for me. Really, I really learned a lot from him. So, Kevin, you became one of the first black players to be capped for Scotland at an international level. Was it was that a proud moment for you? Or did it? Did you not even think about it, or was it a big thing for you? So, it was a big thing for me. You know, I didn't get a full cap. Got under twenty one cap. Was on a bench it for a full international, uh, and that's probably the biggest re- regret that I have. Right. Uh, I think, you know, when you're play- when you're playing in the championship, then you know when I was with Portsmouth, top of the league, you know, playing with players like Paul Merson, Yakubu, Teddy Sheringham, Shaka Hislop, and not even getting a Scotland cap when people were, that I felt had less had less ability than me were playing, you know, because they were playing in the Scottish Premier League is is it probably the biggest disappointment for me. You know, I think at that point they didn't think that the championship was that good. Uh, I, I remember when you first came through, but they were screaming for you to get put into the Scotland squad because you were like this new, exciting talent that that nobody had like, well, nobody like, like myself or anything like that had heard of before before you mm-hmm. came into the Hibs team. And I remember like the papers were all going mad asking for you to get put into the Scotland squad, and then you did get put into the twenty ones. But um, it's. That must be quite a big regret for the manager as well, not not giving you your first, not giving you your first pull on a national cup. I, th- I think, I think, if I look back in my career, I think I deserved at least one Scotland cap. You know, I, when when I look at some of the players that have got twenty five and you know fifteen, <laughs> twenty five caps, you know, and at the end of the day, they played in the Premier League. You know, some of them played for Celtic, some of them played for Rangers, others just played in the Premier League in Scotland. You know, I think the SFA at times didn't venture past. You know, Dumfries. You know, at that point, you know, they just looked at people in the Premier League. You know, and and for me to be playing, as I say, playing in the Championship in England, you know, to get in the top of the league, playing week in week out, and not getting a Scotland cap, even later in my career, is disappointing. But I think at the start of my career, I think I, I deserved, probably deserved a a cap. But you know, at the end of the day, the managers decided different, and that's their that's their choice. You know, who was the managers when you were playing in the in the championship? Who was the Scotland uh, manager? Barry Volks was the Scotland manager oh, no, at the time. Uh, yeah, he was. And when I broke through, Craig Brown was the manager. Uh, have you ever uh, spoken to Craig Brown about it? Have you ever came across him and mentioned? No, it I've not. I've not. I've not. Sp- I've not spoke to him about it. I've never. I've not seen him. In, in honest, in But I think. I think. He, in fairness to Craig Brown, he's he's the stats wise, he's the best Scotland manager ever. You know, and I think the players that he he picked. You know, done is a fantastic service. You know, he's the last manager to take us to a, a a Euro or a World Cup. You know, so you have to yeah. take your hat. You have to take your hat off to to the guy. You know, and at the end of the day, his decision. I've got I've got no issue with that. I was that was his decision, but I felt that you know I probably deserved, as I say, at least a at least a Scottish cap. But you know, that is what it is. Yeah. But like back to your time at Hibs, Kevin. Like what what. When you look back on your time at Hibs, what's your, your highlight of your time there? Like your career highlight at Hibs? I, I think I think I've probably I've got a few, if I'm honest. I think making my debut up at St Johnston was, you know, as a as a seven year old bench and coming on was was fantastic, you know, because I didn't th- I, never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be a, a professional footballer. I loved to play football, you know. I didn't think I, at seventeen I would make my <clears throat> I'd make my debut in the Premier League, you know, and then. Uh, the following season, scored my first goal and my first start. You know, my first goal at Easter Road was against Dundee United when we won five 0 uh, and then probably scoring the winner against Rangers. Ironically, that sort of that sort of took me from you know just a a known kid into like being known right across Scotland. Really, 
you know, it just it catapulted me like not, nothing you would believe. And then uh, probably the, the final one was scoring the scoring the winner against Hearts on New Year's Day after we had because that was that was like two days after we had get beat seven 0 off Rangers. That was the coldest day ever, by the way. That game, see that seven 0 game. That was the mate, coldest. That was the game that Gaza get booked yeah. for booking it. Yeah, aye. aye, mate, aye. that was. You're right. It was Baltic, man. I remember. The <laughs> reason Jury, Jury scored four goals, didn't he? And you're I'm right. I'm not sure because I, I know. Oh, I know, boys. I was a sub. Like, came on at halftime at two 0 and changed the game. <laughs> <laughs> we were two 0 down when I came on. We changed the game. <laughs> <laughs> Good bad, man. What was what was Edinburgh Derby's like, Kevin? What was uh, See, when you got there, did they tell you about the, the, sorry, the Edinburgh Derby or did you know, like, obviously your support at Fitbit, but what, how, how serious do they take it? Obviously, oh, take they, it yeah, they take it really serious and I think, got to remember, we were in a, a run of not winning any any derbies. So, my first my first derby at time, my first ever derby was at Tyne Castle when we, we broke the hoodoo at 20-odd games of no, no winning, you know. Yeah. So, I was fortunate enough, the first three derbies we, for me, was... Were, win- were, were wins, you know, we were undefeated in three, which was a big thing considering we went through that amount of time. But for, for me, I lived in Glasgow, so you know you know the, the pressure of it through, through, through the players through there, but you're sort of a wee bit detached from it in essence. You know how important it is, but you also, it, there's no really any pressure because I was just a kid. I was only 17, 18 at the time. So, you know, for me, it was just, a, it was just another game, but... Other, other players that were were older and more experienced and had been through, you know, maybe ten games against Hearts and hadn't won was was big pressure, you know. But you knew you always knew it was pressure. But for me, it was it was another game. Yeah, you wanted to win over over your your city rivals, really, you know. And I was fortunate enough to you know play in a lot of games where we did win and and I scored important goals in them, which was which is always good. Like I hear, like does like you hear like the old forum games, and you hear like players in the dressing room, like can basically do the team talks. He did a manager. Was there any Hibs players that would go at right boys the day? This is what it's all about. Any players that stood out, it really they took it so seriously. Oh, I think, I think, I think you know your Pat McGinley's, your your John Hughes when he was there, Gordon Hunter, these boys, Willie Miller were bang on it. Darren Jackson as well. You know Keith Wright was a, a big one as well. Keith didn't he, didn't he say much, but. You, know, you certainly heard them at, uh, at derby games, but they were they were they were the they were the group that really you know they were they had went through a lot you know in the sense of that that run. So they were Aye. the ones that were speaking up, and they were the ones that were probably the most nervous as well because you know they the majority of them lived in Edinburgh, got it tight from everybody. You know, whereas for me, you know, when it went to the game and then I could retreat to Glasgow almost. Aye. You know, it wasn't I wasn't in the heart and soul of it, but. Well, it was really, really intense. You know, you just the the noise, the atmosphere is is incredible. Love it, man. We'd love to score a goal in a derby, man. <laughs> I think it'd just be some feeling scoring a goal, even in training. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's when you when you when you your derby. You know, that's what that's what you want. You want a local derby. You want to be the hero of a, a local derby game. And you know, fortunately enough, New Year's Day against your derby. You know, your derby, your rivals scoring the winner. You know, I don't think it gets much much better for that in a in a footballing sense. You know, obviously winning leagues and stuff is is fantastic, but scoring the winner in a New Year's Day will never be forgotten. But you're still seventeen at a time, Kev. 
I think it was eight. I think it was eighteen, eighteen or nineteen. Oh, I think it was. Go, you could go out for a beer then at least. Aye, aye. I mean, <laughs> so, aye. <laughs> so listen, mate. You then moved down to Derby playing the Premier League. Uh, what was it like? What was the What was the difference like going for the Scottish Premier League down to the English Premier League? The the biggest thing that I found was when I was up here, I was really really quick. I was probably one of the the quickest players, you know, up here. When I went down there, I was just quick. You know, and I think that was the biggest thing that I found. I remember my first day and getting into, into the training ground. You know, I had been, I, I couldn't drive, so I was getting a lift to Pat McGinley. And he used to drive a wee Yugo. They used to go, he used to just to get miles on it. So he used to drive us in and then I went in the, in the changing room uh, into, the, into the car park at Derby. And there's Aston Martins, Ferraris, you know, Audi V12s, you know, all different stuff uh, going crazy. You know, and that was the biggest difference. The training ground, we had massage chairs where we just just sat before the game, before training. You know, we had 15 minutes on the massage chairs. And then when we went out, they had a seven-a-side pitch that they only used on a Friday. You know, so the big the biggest thing for me that I noticed was the whole professionalism of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the own, the own training ground, the special, specialists that were in working at, looking after you, the sports sports therapist, you know, the, the sports scientist was just coming in at that time. So it was a whole a whole different concept of you know training. But going down there, I think for probably the first the first wee while, I, I was like, am I good enough to be here? Mm. You know, probably I was away from home, all emotion is going through. But you know, after probably after probably the first month, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I definitely deserve to be here. And unfortunately, I didn't get enough. I didn't get enough uh, game time at that time. But I worked under Jim Smith and Steve McLaren and Steve Round, who's the assistant with Michael Arteta at Arsenal. You know, and they were they were. I learned so so much about them, and I take a lot of that stuff that I learned there into my coaching. Kev, how far do you think Rory Delap could throw me? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You're a bit heavier than the football, so uh, I don't know as far. Uh, you're fucking right, yes. <laughs> no anymore, graduation. Drop me off, me son. Drop me off, me. Here, Kevin. Who was? See, you're talking about the motors, right? See, you're talking about the motors. Yeah. Who had the tidiest motor, and did you eventually manage to buy a tidy motor yourself when you were down there? Lars Behinen had the F1 Spider. Oh, so he yeah. So he did. He did F one F one spider. So it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, when I when I went down there, I just I had one of the one of the first Lotus Elise convertibles. Aye. So I just I just got one of them. Still got like, it? No, no, no. I've got I've got a bit, mate. Got he's got four wings, Gregor. He's got a sportage. Four wings out in the Lotus. Like, you wait, yellow will be back in a minute. Four jumpies to school. Kevin, tell us, tell us about Jim Smith, man. He must he must have been a character. What was he like? Jim Smith was, was brilliant. You know, I, I was in his office probably every other month just asking why I'm not playing and stuff. But, he was he was great. He was great. You know, he was he was he was a man management. He was really old school in the sense that you probably didn't really see him. You saw him on a Monday maybe, and then get, giving you a wee bit of banter, and then you didn't see him till the Thursday when he came out. And we were doing we were doing preparation for the game on the Saturday. Then he would come out, and you would just hear his voice bellowing across it because they had still had the baseball ground at the time because they had moved into Pride Park, so they still had the baseball ground, and you know, you just hear him bellowing ah this and that. No, but banter-wise, motivational-wise, was excellent. Because I remember 
no names, I'll no name the player, but I remember my first my first game there was away at Villa and um in the change room, I'm on the bench. So we come in, it's now now at half time and he's having a pop at this player and the player just gets up, takes his top off and walks into the shower. And he's like, I'm not going out of the second half. And I'm like, What the what the heck's going on here, man? I'm I'm in the Premier League. I've never ever saw this before. And then Steve McLaren's in in the change in the, in the shower saying, Right, hurry up, get out, get out, get your stuff on, gets his stuff on, and then Jim says, Right, go and go out and do better this half. And that was it. You know, so he would he would give you, he would give you, but he would also be, you know, as soon as he gave you that was it done and dusted. But mm-hmm. as a as a guy, obviously God rest him, he's passed away now. He's unbelievable, man. He was a character, wasn't he? He was, oh, he was along the same lines as like your uh, Harry Redknapp and all. He's, he's like one of the kind of characters. Mm-hmm. And he worked under Harry Redknapp yeah. as well at Portsmouth. So what, what was, that must have been somebody. Uh, ironically, Jim Smith was his assistant at Portsmouth. Jim right. Smith was Harry's, Harry's. So obviously when I came in, when Jim came in, uh, Harry, Harry took over. Graham Ricks was the manager and then Harry, the uh, Milan manager, just brought Harry in as like the director of football and we pretty much had a fair idea that he was going to end up becoming a manager. And Harry's, I've saw Paul Merson say that Harry's probably the best man management manager he's ever worked with. And I would second that 100%. You know, Harry made you feel as if you were the best player on the planet. You know, and you could go out and you could do whatever you wanted. And, you know, Harry wasn't big on ta- tactics. You know, we had a wee bit when we came, when we were in the ship, when we were championship, when we won the championship, we were the best side by a country mile. So if we, if another team had scored three goals, you would score four goals. That was no problem at all. That was the way that we felt it was was a hundred percent going. Uh, but Harry, just awareness of football, tactically, it was so so good. He did, we didn't do a lot of shape, but just tactically aware, he was really really at it. And the thing about Harry is he builds really really good teams. You know, and mm. he, you know, our team that. That he built there was we we were mid table and then Harry came in. At, as soon as Harry took over, we ended up he kept us in the league mid table and then we won the league the next year by, by a canter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the players that he brought in, the contacts he had were, were second to none. But as a man manager, it was it was it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I wasn't even in the in the squad for the first two or three games, you know, and then ended up playing forty games. But I think you have to take your hat off to Milan manager as well because he bankrolled. You know, he brought in these players and went, Harry's went and said, listen, I need this, this, this. And Harry and Milan's went, right, that's fine. You know, I was fortunate enough, I was only one of probably three or four players for the previous season that stayed and it stayed and played, which was which was great. And to have have a play where I played and, and have a championship medal for from Portsmouth getting promoted, you know, and that's the biggest disappointment, you know. You get promoted to the Premier League and Premier League in England, but you don't get the, the Scotland manager doesn't feel that you're good enough to get a Scotland cap. This will obviously have crossed your mind before with regards to that. Do you think do you think the fact that you're black played any part in that? So I, I think I think probably, you know, if I go back on it and I look at some of the things that I've said about the SFA in my early career, that probably went against me. But that was due to getting racism and them sweeping it under the carpet. You know, so is is it? Am I going to say I didn't get a Scotland cap because I was black? No, I'm not because they they gave Nigel Quasi a, a Scotland ah, true, cap. True. He was black. You know, just probably the the following year, I think. You know, so I would take to think that was the case. 
you know. But mm. I think having been outspoken about it was was maybe a maybe a thing because if I certainly look at the players when when I was playing that got caps, you know, and got oh, yeah. fifteen to twenty caps, uh, I'm not being big headed, but I think I was better than than most of them. But, uh, do, yeah. do you know what? See the fact that you're talking about it, I couldn't name any of them, and that tells you all you need to know. Mm. You know what I mean? Like uh, when you think about it, it's you definitely were playing at a higher level than most of them, and to a to a higher a, a higher standard yeah. yourself than most of them. So you know, it's maybe just the the whole stunted. We're in Scotland. We're in this gold. I first think that's what it is. I think that's what it was. You know, because I think when I was at, when I was certainly in the squads, you know, I was in a couple of squads. You know, the players are going. Play, certain players are coming up to me and going, "Listen, Kevin, I can't believe you're not even in in the team. The way that you've been training, your head and shoulders above majority is here, and you're not even in the squad." So, you know, for me, I, that's that's big. Your your fellow peers saying that about you is a is a is a massive thing, you know. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. I've got I've got no regrets on it, you know. Yeah, I'm disappointed that I didn't get a Scotland cap, but at the end of the day, you can only pass with the cock you've got. <laughs> but you, you, but you do hear that, like you've heard of, like, remember, like as back a couple of years ago, John Fleck was was storming it down south, and mm-hmm. he, he got a cap. But it, it happens doing again, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think I, I think that's the same with him. He's been outspoken as well. You know, right. he was uh, the big, the, the great big hype after. You know, because he was he was Fleck. He's you know. Uh, cousin or something, but he he was at Rangers. He was going to do this, 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 and he's had to had to go down to England to probably a better league and show his credentials because we probably didn't really appreciate it up here. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the thing. Sometimes I think we we don't appreciate what we've got until it's it's away. You know, it's a wee bit like Charlie Adam as well. You know, he's he couldn't he didn't play he didn't play didn't play at Rangers. You know, had to go down south, and then he's he's been night and day. You know, and it's MacArthur, MacArthur. You know they're they're still doing it just now. You know, so right. you look at it. You look at it in that sense. We've had we've had really really good players. Well, the prime example is Ken Andy Robertson in it. Aye. You know, he's a prime example for absolutely everything. You know, gets thrown out of Celtic because he's too small. Goes to Queens Park, nearly chucking a game, and now he's just laughing at everybody. Going, <laughs> I've got so much, I've got so much medals that you just can't even. You know, I think the I think the what the league, <laughs> league champions. Champions League, World Champions, okay, probably Champions, everything else. You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's you look at it that way, and you go, you know, sometimes we we don't we don't we don't see what we've got. I think that's probably. Did you but, did you ever did you ever come across that because you were tiny? You know, I mean, you were you were wee compared to um, a lot of the a lot of the big ones. Yeah. Scottish football was basically just a big bunch of barbarians fighting at one point, wasn't it? Yeah. So, like, you come in and you had this speed and you were small. So, you know, it gives, it gives hope for me and Stephen that eventually that we, will, <laughs> we will get there, you know? I think that's the thing. I think that's it. I think for me, I was a bit, I was a bit bulk, a bit bulky. You know, I was, I was broad shoulders and stuff. You know, although I was small, I was still phys- physically, I was, I was, I was pretty big. Uh, and I had pace, so I could run away from most people. So that was always <laughs> that was always a good thing. You know what I mean? I said, "Me man, growing up in East End of Glasgow, tiny, but I could run like anybody." <laughs> well, being be, be a being a black kid growing up in Pozo, you had to be you had to be able to run. <laughs> so, Kevin, tell us about Robert Prosenecki, man. What was he like? <sighs> words words will not do the guy justice. You know, I think for me, it was. The best player, head and shoulders that I've ever played with, uh, played in the same team as. You know, he was he, his footwork, his ability on the ball. He's just 
everything about him. You know, I was quite happy doing his running for him as well. I was quite <laughs> happy in that team, just giving him the ball and doing his running for him because you knew when he got when he got the ball, something something was going to happen. You know, I think mm-hmm. the biggest the biggest thing for me was I wasn't good enough to play with him in his prime. You know, mm-hmm. I think if in his prime he would be absolutely sensational, and you know, he didn't. He probably, excuse me, didn't have as much an impact as Paul Merson did at Portsmouth, but. You know, hand on heart, being the best player, he was he was the best player that I've ever played with. He could do things with, with a ball that it just show, it just showed me how the upper reaches of football, how their players their players are and how they work, you know, and the ability and what how they see things was just like head and shoulders above anybody else. Because I remember one one game I was running down the line, I was like, Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. And he just passed it somewhere else and he came in at half time and he just went like, Kevin, don't shout, I see you. And just done that with his eye, pointed right. his eyes like, I see you. I was like, all right, Robbie, fair dues, I'm not shouting you again. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember Celtic drew Croatia Zagreb, right, in a Champions League qualifier and he was playing for them. And that's the first time I ever remember really being absolutely like, overwhelmed yeah. by, a, by a player's performance, right? And, there was a lot of rumours went about, right, that he, he threw a fag away running out onto the pitch. Oh, aye, aye, totally, aye. Yeah. Did he used to smoke in the dressing room, Oh, aye? Not, not in the dressing room. He used to go outside the dressing room and smoke all the time. Aye, aye. he must have 40 fags easy. He was just constant chain smoker. But, oh, I wonder he never ran out the centre oh, something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as a player, he was head and shoulders above anything that I've ever played with in my career. Kevin, you 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 had a couple of loan spells. Yep. Leicester, Norwich, uh, but then you ended up at Stoke with Tony Pulis. But you, you had an injury there. How yeah. Did, how, how how did that affect you? I was that was difficult. That was a difficult time to be fair when I was at Stoke because when when Tony came and bought me, I, I knew what I was what I was getting into. He had bought me at Portsmouth. I, I really liked Tony. Still speak to Tony to this day. Uh, and for me, I get injury injury after injury. I had calf injury dislocated my shoulder, came back for a dislocated shoulder, had a hernia operation and it was just really, really difficult to come back with. I think my, my mindset was not in the right place when I was there, but just purely because of the injuries. Uh, and it was it was difficult. I was I was training well but uh, by that time I was I was training well but I was playing the reserves and I was given hundred percent of the reserves but I just sort of knew that I was never going to get back in the team just because I think the manager couldn't trust that I would last hundred percent. You know, and that was that was it. You know, and I've got I've got no issue with that. I totally get that. Uh, but that was just a real, real difficult time uh, for me mentally and physically. Did but, you have a family? Did you have a family in there, Kevin? Or no, no, they were up here at the time. Yeah. So I so you really were basically down there yourself, or did yeah, you move yeah, back yeah. up here? Or you're, so you're down there, I. I was down there, and I, I used to commute. I used to commute every sort of a two. If we if we never had a reserve game on a Tuesday, then I would commute up if I was off on the Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, or sometimes if we were playing maybe up north, I would ask a manager if I could take the car on a Saturday uh, and or get somebody to drive the car up to the game and then just head up. And Tony Pulis was great that way. I think he understood where I was where I was at at, the, at that time, you know. And then he get he left the, he left the club, uh, then came back, and I was I was buzzing that he had come back, and then. He just went a different way, felt that, he, that I wasn't in his plans and that's when I ended up going, uh, I went and loaned to Carlisle and done well there and then got injured again. So, you know, it was just that day, three years at Stoke was a difficult time and just injury after injury, to be fair. 
So then you, you came back up the road to Dunfermline. Yep. You got into Europe with them? Yeah, we did. You did. That was, that was ironically, my first ever time in Europe with Dunfermline. I had never been in Europe before. Uh, Stephen Kenny signed me. I had options to had options to stay down in England, uh, but they were only they were only like a year's contract, whereas Dunfermline had offered me a two year. So I felt security wise, it was better. Uh, worked under Stephen Kenny. We had a really good we had a really good side, but I think we were just we didn't start the best. The first the first I think first seven games we, we I don't think we won a game. I don't think we won a game, and we should have, you know. And then it was it was a it was a mental thing of. We're not going to get relegated, but we're not going to win the league. So, you know, I think it was it was difficult to get into into that point. And then the second season, I done my knee. I was over, I was over in Spain, and I was just looking at a window and went to turn right and done my knee, and that's how I had to retire. So, oh, Jesus, that's, a, that's so nasty, man. That's ah, nasty. So. <laughs> but, Kevin, then let's talk about your time management at Albion Rovers. Yeah. Right, you saved them for relegation this season there. So, what made you step away? Uh, they offered me a contract that was, I felt, was a wee bit disrespectful. It wasn't, wasn't what I was on at the present, the present moment in time. You know, at that, at that moment in time, there was a few things that happened in the season prior, behind the scenes that I, I didn't feel that they were a hundred percent honest in the sense of things that things that were going to happen. You know, uh, after what I had done the previous season, I wasn't saying that I was untouchable, but I think, you know, it. it what I had done the previous season had, I think, should have got me more leeway than what it did. In a sense, you know, they were obviously they were they were paranoid about the the uh, Lowland League teams. But I think if you look at our stats last year, after twenty six games compared to the previous year, you know, mm. every single one of them is better. We were on we were on ten points after twenty six games. You know, we finished with twenty four. We had twenty four this season after twenty six games. We had scored mm. more goals. We had conceded more. We had conceded less. You know, so for me, I thought we were going in the right direction. You know, but you know, I, I chose I chose to step away because I didn't think that they were going in the right direction that I wanted to go in. I'm a Court Bridge guy myself, Kevin. Can <laughs> <laughs> you shut your fucking face? You. <laughs> sorry, sorry, the Wayne's here, and I'm swearing. I apologize. That's <laughs> the Wayne there, mate. Come on. Right. Apologies, apologies. And when you left the Rovers on social media, there was quite a lot of support for you, for the mm-hmm. Albion Rovers fan base, and um, even a local MSP actually come out and says what the fuck's going on here kind of thing yeah do you know what i mean phil phil oh sorry again jeez it's all right mate it's all right don't worry about it right so hang me um (laughs) sorry (laughs) i apologize right so um do you know see looking back at it now and what's happened since then with the covid and all that um your your contract might have they might have only been able to offer you a lesser contract after that anyway do you have you have you thought about that like or have you had have you had any possible uh, word about maybe the next job or your next role in football? Yet? No, not at not at the moment, mate. Not at the moment. As I say, things are different. You know that things are different. We just know now that when football's going back, you know clubs will be under pressure because there's only a twenty-seven game season. Yeah, you know yeah. there'll be there'll be promotion and relegation. I'm pretty sure this year. You know, but for me it was it was my decision. You know, it was my decision. I had felt after. I'd felt after the stuff that had happened in the season that I probably wouldn't have renewed my contract, even if they had offered me one, which they did, mm-hmm. uh, just purely because 
the trust had gone for me. Uh, you know, and for me, if if trust is gone, then where do you go with it? You know, you have to have complete, complete and utter trust with the board that you're doing the right thing. You know, and for me, I've took the, I took the club, made the club more professional, probably saved the club for oblivion. You know, if I'm honest, by mm-hmm. by saving by staying up that season. You know, but at the end of the day, that's the decision that I made. You know, I wish the club all the best, and I'll certainly go back and I'll watch the games. You know, and mm-hmm. there's a lot, a lot, a lot of good people at the club. You know, and I, I, I'm thankful for them giving me the the opportunity that I got. You know, because I, as well documented, I had applied for forty plus jobs and get one interview, and that was the Albion Rovers job interview that I got. You know, and there was other clubs that you know I had applied for. One get back to me saying, "Oh, we're going with experience," and brought a junior manager in. Okay, you know, man. so for me, it was. I don't know how that's more experience, but at the end of the day, you know, I've done my job at Albion Rovers. I've done it well. I've saved the club. If that's my last job, then I can look back in it and say, you know what? It was a job well done. Saved a club from oblivion. Kept them in a league with a lowest budget. Then it's up to them now, you know, where they want to go with it. How hard is that league to manage in, Kevin? It's, it's, it's difficult when, you're, when, you're, when you've got the budget that we had, you know, because you look at, you look at Kelty, you know, Kelty, you look at uh, Cove Rangers, you know, their two strikers' wage bill is probably our whole team's wage bill in a year. You know, so when you look at it that, that way, you have to, we were, for, we were fortunate enough for what we'd done the previous year that we got, mm-hmm. we were able to go and get some players that believed in me as a manager and what we had done. And words, words are, word of mouth spread, you know, and we brought, some, we brought some players in, you know, that, we're going to enhance the team, which they did. You know, we were a bit unfortunate with injuries. You know, at one time, I think, I remember playing at Cove, we had a left-back playing, left left playing at centre-half, a, a left midfielder playing at left-back, a, le- a left-back a left playing at right-back in one centre-half against the top team. You know, so in that time, we, we had about eight injuries. And that's that's a, that's a time that uh, all the, all the behind-the-scenes stuff started happening, that... The trust was lost in, you know, when we had the when we had the injuries. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, as I say, I'm no I'm a I'm a realist. You know, could we have done better? Yeah, we could have. Did we did we do better? Yeah, we did. You know, but at the end of the day, my time was up there. I, I done a, I felt as if I'd done a good job there, you know, and good luck to the next manager that's that's in. See, I don't know if I've asked a manager this before, right? But and if it did, I can't remember the answer, right? But see when you're applying. To be a manager, mm-hmm. how do you do it? Do you send it? Do you find out their address on Google, write a letter? What do you do? Just it, it, I it, am it, good at it, <laughs> working it, within a team. Or it comes team. up. It comes. It comes up. You get. You get. You get. You see it sometimes in the paper. You see it. You get an email saying that this job's up for up for. You know, send your CV in. You know, you send your CV in. But the majority, of, the majority of times, the chairman's probably of the board have got somebody in mind. I already. You know, already. So it's it's difficult, you know, but you know, fortunately enough, Albion Rovers were so far off the bottom so far at the bottom of the table that, you know, there wasn't many big names going in for the job. You mm-hmm. know. And I was fortunate enough that, you know, they interviewed me and that's all I can ask for. When you put your job when you put your C V into a job, you just want an interview. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day you have to prove to them in that interview that you're the best man for the job. And fortunately enough I was they felt that was the best man for the job and it worked out that was the best man for the job. And the publicity they got for be, having the first black manager in 15 years in Scotland was was incredible. You know, Sky Sports came up. Every, you know, 
the amount of publicity they had in the, the, the papers and the TV. You know, but at the end of the day, I still have got to do a job. There's no point in appointing. They didn't appoint me because I was black. They appointed me, you know, because they felt that I was the best manager for the job. And Aye. that's what happened. See how, um, you, you said you applied for 40 jobs. What, what was the biggest club you sent your, your CV to? You, you got to tell us. But I'll not tell you, but there was teams, teams in, the, in the top division in Scotland, you know, uh, not all. It wasn't all. It was all, wasn't all managers' jobs. It was right. under eighteen managers. Aye. It was under twenty three. So you know, there was there was lots of lots of jobs across the board that I had applied for and got one interview. You know, and I think it's been well documented. You know, I, I think for me that I'm probably better. I was well. I know that I'm better qualified than some of the people that got the jobs. Mm-hmm. Probably That's half the people that got the jobs. So that must think you're crawling enough, man. It really, it really must. That must be a pain in the arse. I think it was the Sorry. Oh, no, I just said arse. Arse is all right. Arse is all right, then, eh? If it wasn't for my missus, my kids, I probably wouldn't have kept going. And that's that's the biggest compliment I can give them because my missus was like, oh, you've got too much to, to offer and the kids were like, Dad, you can't stop the now. You know, you're, hmm. you're on a journey that you've got so much to offer. We see you doing, doing stuff with, you know, your coaching stuff, so you have to, you have to give it, you have to keep going. You will get some something eventually, but it's difficult after after forty knockbacks. You know, just going, yeah, I'm going to go again, I'm going to go again. But you know, that's the way. As I just hope it doesn't take me forty times to get back in if I do get back in. So yeah, every, every week here, uh, we do this a, a ninety minute, a ninety second quiz. Right. Okay. Um, and we've got we've got some belting names on the list. Honestly, the top of the list is Mark Wilson. Then, funnily enough, we've got Kenny Jutter. Mark's on 14, Kenny's on 13. We've yeah. Barry Ferguson and Owen Coyle on 12. Um, and we need to make a correction, actually, after the football daft VAR was brought out last week. Jonathan Watson, um, he actually scored nine. And right. I, think, I think John told him that he'd scored ten. Am I right? What? No, no, no. He actually he scored eight. But there was, I think one of the questions was, who plays in the Time Tees derby? And, of course, it was Middlesbrough and Newcastle. That Jonathan said because I was thinking of the Tyne Weird Derby, so that is oh, an, extra, an extra point for Jonathan. So yeah, again, John, what did you do wrong? I, I I got the question wrong, Gredo. I got. What, the, what, what, what did you ask again? I remember we this. Asked, we asked Jonathan who plays in the Tyne Tees Derby. He said Newcastle and Middlesbrough, and I said it was wrong because I was getting mixed up with the Tyne Weird Derby, which is of course Newcastle Sunderland. Um, we watch that, John. I know. We watch that, John. We watch that, shouldn't we? We watch it. <laughs> anyway, how do you think you'll be? Rubbish. Not to be the bottom of the league is get two right answers, right? Because right, we okay. David McCracken, he only get one right answer, the full right. manager. Okay, if right. I can beat cracks, then I'm fine. <laughs> 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 right, um, so John, we've got uh, 90 seconds on the clock. We do indeed. Right, and your time starts now. What two teams play in the Super Classical? Uh, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid. Uh, name one of the teams left in the Scottish Cup. Uh, Celtic. What club did Celtic sign keeper Vesalios Barkas from? Uh, pass. How many can I pass? Oh, can he pass? Can he pass? Uh, Everton. <laughs> how, many, <laughs> how many under 21 caps did you get? Seven. Who did the United play in the first game of the season? 
they played St. Johnston. Livingston turned down a one million bid for Lyndon Dykes from which club? Barnsley. What musical instrument is in the Hibs badge? A harp. Who currently sits top of the Scottish Premier League? Celtic. How many goals did you score for Walsall? Uh, <coughs> four. Celtic target Stephen Fletcher has left which club? Sheffield Wednesday. What is the name of the Cove Rangers ground? Cove Rangers, don't know. Uh, how do Man City face in the Champions League this week? Uh, Real Madrid. What nationality is Hibs midfielder Melker Helberg? Uh, Norwegian. Who did you score your Scottish hat? Yeah, your Scotland hat trick against? Uh, ooh, Finland. New Rangers signing Kamar Roof played for which English club? Leeds. Dougie the Dunhamer is a mascot of which Scottish club? Queen of South. Hearts are in Hickey could be on his way to which German club? Bayern Munich. In what year were Hibs formed? Uh, 18... Time! Oh! That's not your answer. 1882. Yeah, can I just see, see we are weighing on his knee? And the weighing ready to get a bit wee? I'm like, how good did he do there, man? <laughs> I was getting a wee buzz when he was answering them there. Yeah, <laughs> that, we all, see after that, we only had one question left. And oh, I know we'll get through all the questions. Well, ones. Yeah, right. I hope you've done well, mate, so you can put it in your CV. <laughs> 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 right, we've got the we've got the answers, the, the results are in. Oof. And it's pretty good. Um, oh, that's go always through, good. Let's go through the wrong answers, because there's going to be one that's going to set off here as per usual. Right, so uh, the teams that play in super, the Super Classico, obviously the El Classico is Madrid mm -hmm. and the Madrid teams, but the Super Classico is River Plate and Boca Juniors in Argentina. Uh, Barca signed from Celtic from AEK Athens. Uh, Hibs midfielder Melker Holberg is Swedish. Um, and, oh, you'll be gutted at this one, Kevin. Hibs were formed in 1875. All right. Do you look at the badge a bit more often, mate? You obviously nah, I didn't need it, mate. I didn't you obviously want me a badge kisser. Nah, nah. Well, wait a minute, John, because he knew what, he knew what my musical instrument was on the badge, so... <laughs> that was true. That was a good guess, though. Come back to this one, right? How many goals did you score for Walsall when you were lonely? I have got written down here one. John, no. you need to stop asking this question. I know, you fucking... Wikipedia is letting me down here. Sure, I'm sure I scored... Mind I was on, I was uh, twice at Walsall. Loan twice at Walsall. Right. Oh, right, okay. You've got to give it. You've got to give it. Not to get given the benefit of doubt, everyone. So that yes. makes a big difference. That oh, makes a big difference. That must take me to the top of the league. Kevin Harper is our new leader. Oh, get in there! I tell you what, I'm not. I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I was going through the questions like a dose of a fucking salt. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm swearing again. It's all right. The Wayne's aren't here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and no, that's brilliant. Well, well done, Kevin, mate. Well done. Well done, mate. That's brilliant, guys. Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notatfaultclaims.com. Right, Who Knows Wins is back on Football Daft. It's the app that allows you to put your money where your mates are. Remember that, Troops? Who Knows Wins, remember? Aye, before the old COVID. That was good fun. Aye. 
Uh, if you don't know what it is, who knows wins is the social sports game where mates, family and colleagues pit their wits for real money and, of course, bragging rights. You can download the free app to play directly against your pals in our own custom league or join one of their existing competitions. They will send you live updates as the games go on and you also get to wind up your mates in the group chat. Choose from football, rugby, horse racing and tennis or combine any of the sports in your league. Make your predictions on the outcomes of your chosen fixtures and for every result you guess correctly, you get a point in your league. At the end of the competition, whoever gets the most points wins and proves they are the top dog. Whether it's the cost of a round or something more substantial, choose your own entry fee and split the winner's pot as you see fit. But when it comes to the bragging rights, the winner takes all. And you can get involved with our very own SPFL Football Daft League now. There's a £5 entry and you can take us on with the winner taking all. So this week's fixtures are St Johnston v Aberdeen with Jinky Rat Troops. I don't think it will happen. <laughs> <laughs> don't see many goals. Null and void. Null and void for that one. Right with Jink too. Um, I think it will be Aberdeen 1, COVID-19. <laughs> that was impressive. Mm-hmm. I think that as well. Right. Hamilton Academical versus Ross County with Jink Troops. Ross County. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go for Brian Rice's men. I know Ross County done well, but I think Hamilton are gonna surprise you. I'm going for that. Based, based on absolutely fuck all. <laughs> I'm going for the Aki's zero, Ross County two. Mm-hmm. I'm going for that. Defo man. Levy Hibbs. Draw. Draw. Where'd you uh, Okay, so uh, the Livingston Hibs game, I'm going to go for a 2 all draw. Right, I'm going to go for a draw there as well, but I don't know where it'll, it'll be a draw, but a draw. Motherwell, Dundee United, I'm going for Motherwell to get back to winning ways, 2-0. I'm going to say draw for this one as well. I'm going to say draw for this one as well. Rangers, St Mirren, I'm going to go Rangers, 2-0. I'm going to go Rangers, 4-1. Well, I'm going to I'm going to uh, defer my decision on this one because with everything that's happened with Rangers playing Aberdeen last week, we might not see the game. But if the game does happen, I'm going to say Rangers for St Mirren. Coman looks Celtic on Sunday as well. Uh, two each. No, Celtic will win. It will be harder than last week, but I think uh, we've got enough to get through the game. All depends on what kind of nick up pitches him. I'm going to go for 3-0 Celtic. 3-0? I'll go 2-1 Celtic. I think it'll be closer than you would imagine, to be honest. Right, so get involved in our league right now by downloading the app on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Who knows wins? Put your money where your mates are. Well, Troops, that was a good show, would you think? Enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought Big Rob McLean was great. Kevin Harper was brilliant. It was good. I mean, you've you've let us good in the Legends Lottery in the past, but mate, you put a big one at the back there. I'm quite impressed. That was I good. like getting to know stuff off commentators and all that. I think it's different when we've, when we've got uh, somebody from Scottish football that's not an actual player. It's Aye. good hearing the wee let. It was good till you ask on the, the questions and stuff like that. And you as well, Bob, that I've always thought about for years and all the commentators. So Aye. it was interesting. It's a I, the, money, the money he said he was spending on this, I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different voice, away you go. Right, a handsome chap or not, man? Aye. Silver force. It's looking good, looking good for his advancing years, as Grado says. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's, he's heard me or not, man, I can grasp myself in. Anyway, Kevin Harper as well was superb, I thought oh, it was brilliant. 
you forget that the, the talent of players that he actually played with? Aye, definitely the, the pool of players that he played with throughout his career. Now. Also an A-team. I know, that's, that's different gravy, that's... that's you know, he should, should have been capped for Scotland, he had no the idea. Plus an S game is Croatian. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what the biggest surprise for me in this show was? Paul getting pumped at the fucking pro cards, man. That was super. I know, I took, a, I took, my, I took my defeat um, in a poor fashion, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I do apologise, Davey. Uh, the, better, the, better, the, better, the better man won, um, however... Watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> and before we go, I'm just going to tell you what you're going to do when you sign up to the Patreon. What you're going to get. Bonus content to follow up, brother. Oh, brother. Your big bra story too. Oh, oh, hi. Go on. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, go, go, go. Thank right. you, Freddie. Right. So, what happened was I went into the SECC for the first audition, right? Right. And, uh, when so, I so, 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 I don't like to cut you off. Uh, the wife is going mental at me. I need to get off of here now because I'm going to get my arse kicked. So, oh, sorry, oh, mate. Next week, next week, mate. Get it. Remember, rate, review, subscribe on Apple, and everything else. Fit the music. Hey, Mike. Audio Frontier.